Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to the Sensual Power Podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. Today, I want to talk about what happens when we grow up learning to see love, acceptance, and validation as conditional and how that affects our relationships as adults, our intimacy, our sex lives, all those things. Because this is something I notice comes up a lot for those of us that have grown up with narcissistic parents or emotionally unavailable or immature parents. So let's dive into this. Now, as we go into this topic, I want to talk first about and just note that when love becomes conditional for us, sometimes we take that on ourselves and sometimes we also can put that on other people because it's how we learn to love. We can even do that in other aspects of our life, which I'll do on another podcast, talking about how that bit of learning that love is conditional affects other aspects of our lives, our careers, money, and all that. But I want to dive into this when it comes to our romantic relationships, our intimacy, our sex lives. So what does it mean to be in a space where love is conditional? Well, again, many of us learn this and know this very well if we grew up with those narcissistic parents, the parents that were emotionally immature, unavailable. And there's different degrees to that, right? But what we see going on is that there's kind of always this feeling like you need to prove your worth in your family or to your parents, right? You need to prove that you're good enough. You need to behave well enough. You need to perform well enough. You just need to be good enough. You need to look good enough, right? There's all these conditions on receiving praise, acceptance, love, being treated well or or not being treated badly because for some of us, it wasn't even that we got praise because we performed well, we you know, we had the right body type or right body size, or we did well enough in school or in our activities or dance or sports or whatever, or, you know, we behaved well enough at a family event or just in general in our household. Sometimes it wasn't that we got praise for those things, but it's that we didn't receive punishment, right? And that becomes praise where, you know, Maybe like you grew up with a situation like mine where my mom didn't really give a shit about what I was doing extracurricular wise, right? I was always in art or dance and music and I can name two times that my mom showed up to support that quote unquote support when it was really just about her. Like she made a huge deal about things and made it about her. 
And one of those events, I was performing in a concert singing. And I was in a position where um, I felt very pressured by her to sing a particular song that she loved. And it was definitely not a song that was great for me vocally. Um, I, for those of you that don't know, I am also a trained jazz and blues singer. And I was singing a song that just was not right for me vocally. But I did it to try to, again, receive some type of praise. Anything. We will go for anything when we grow up with parents like this. And I remember her making it a big deal. Right, She was showing up, making a big deal about it for herself. That's my daughter, and look what my daughter did, right? Like, but it was all about the attention put on her. There was nothing for me. And so for me, that equated to getting some type of praise, even though it felt bad because, again, it wasn't about me. There, none of it was about me. So that is kind of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about those examples where it wasn't really about us (laughs) or we weren't really receiving the love or attention or sometimes, you know, again, we just weren't being condemned or yelled at or treated badly for things. We were just being kind of left alone, which became a moment where there was praise, right? So that can be a thing too. Um, But what we learn in those moments is that we are only good enough if, and then fill in the blank, right? We're only good enough if we do the thing that our parent wants us to do. We're only good enough if we get this certain grade. We're only good enough if we do well at this game. We're only good enough if we are extra polite and we let our uncle give us a hug, even though we don't want the hug from them, right? We're only good enough if our body looks a certain way, is is a certain size, right? We've learned to diet down to a certain level because, fun fact, many of us learn that shit very young to have body issues. So it becomes very conditional. And this is where we can also start to put a lot of the pressure on ourselves of giving ourselves love and that being conditional, right? Because what happens is if we grow up with that, or if we learn that younger, we continue it on unless we've had something to combat that or some work to work past it, right? Therapy, coaching, whatever. We carry that on into adulthood. So, you know, this is where we get into those shaming tendencies of where Maybe we eat, quote unquote, a bad meal. And you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the bad meal, right? The cheat meal, right? Which I hate the terms of. And it's even taken me a really long time to work past that and seeing food as good or bad or, you know, it's just how add that relationship to food. Because a lot of us that have these issues around intimacy and relationships in this area, I notice there's also a lot of body stuff attached to it quite often. So like when we do those things, right, we're very hard on ourselves. We're very judgmental on ourselves. The negative self-talk is pretty big. All of those things come into play and we judge ourselves. We are not worthy of praise. We're not worthy of being seen. And even for those of us that, you know, 
maybe we own a business or even just in our working life or going out and dating, right? We make that very conditional. Um, I can't tell you the amount of times where I would say things to myself like, I'll start dating when I've lost X amount of pounds or gotten into the shape or I've, I've accomplished this or that. I have told myself in those moments with it, without fully realizing it is, you are not good enough until this has been achieved. You're not lovable. You're not worthy right now. And that has come up so many times. And I've seen so many of my clients struggle with that. If you ever have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have made the terms of you having something that you truly desire for yourself very conditional to the point that you will not allow yourself to receive it until that condition has been met. And it's because you learned to do it when you were younger most often. <laughs> like I, I've yet to meet a person that that wasn't true for them. I'm not saying it couldn't happen from a different reason, but I've yet to meet somebody that had no influence growing up around love being conditional for them. Um, and that's why they do it for themselves now. Um, with dating, right? When we are, or we, when we're in a relationship, right? This is oftentimes why I see there's such a huge fear around speaking up to a partner when something is going on. So what I mean by that? Well, let's think about those moments where maybe you're not enjoying something in bed. Or many of my clients have had that struggle where they have faked orgasm for years with a partner or constantly with a partner. And they won't speak up and say, this is happening. Or maybe the partner is doing something and they're not really enjoying it. And they don't speak up in the moment and say, hey, I'm not really liking this. Now, we could say the root of that is the fear of upsetting a partner and their ego. We don't want to make them feel bad because we care about them. And yes, that's true. But like when we go underneath that, what we're really saying is we are fearing that we're not good enough. So the moment that we speak up about something we're not enjoying or something that maybe is not never working, that they're going to leave us because we see love as conditional. We've learned to see love as conditional. And there's a caveat to this that I want to add in here because not every relationship that we experience with other people is going to be an unconditional love situation. Most oftentimes when you see a true unconditional love relationship, it is between a parent and a child, right? Ideally. (laughs) I say that ideally because obviously we're having a conversation around parents that don't do that. And that's where, again, this happens because we haven't learned from a young age that we get that. Does that mean it is impossible to have it in other aspects? No, but keep in mind, you know, your your spouse or your long-term partner, they might have some conditions for you of where, how long love will last, right? If you cheat on them or... (laughs) You know, if you, if you go on like some murder rampage, uh, they may not be willing to stick beside you then. Right? If you try to murder them, they probably aren't going to stick beside you there. We're talking about extremes though here. We're not talking about 
love in ways that is you speaking up because maybe for all of these years you've that you've been with them you haven't told them that you fake orgasm and you do it because you don't want them to feel bad but you just kind of tune out in your body and you struggle with staying in your head or you struggle to tell them that some like there's a technique that they're doing that just isn't quite working for you and you don't want to hurt their feelings because you don't want them to take love away from you so you just keep letting them do it and it never does anything for you and you keep hoping it'll get better and you've also internalized thinking that maybe it's just something wrong with you because I don't know like you've learned to literally see yourself as the problem in everything so you just keep thinking there's something wrong with you so you haven't said anything for all this time because what you're now afraid of is if you speak up and tell them this they are going to leave they're going to run away they're never going to want you again And here's the truth. If they love you, they're not going to do that. But you don't know that because, again, you have learned to see love as conditional. Maybe there's some changes that you want to make in your relationship or in your life that are obviously going to affect your relationship. Now, that doesn't mean that if you say to a partner, right, that you're dating or even in a marriage that, hey... I got a job offer in another country and I said yes to that and they're not going to be upset or, or fully on board with it, right? One, if you do that without having the conversation with them, they're probably going to be upset, especially if you're like living together or something, they're going to be upset. Or if it's long term and you haven't even had that discussion yet and be like, what the fuck? We didn't even discuss this. Not the saying that you shouldn't do things for yourself, but like this is where also... There's that individualism versus community thing, which we always think is a either or. And it's not. There are moments where it's an ebb and flow, right? There's a flow to that where we just make decisions, taking into consideration what's right for us. But we also have to factor in the community. And sometimes the community is just a partner, right? But that's still our community. That's still our person, right? So yeah, we want to be factoring them in, but we also want to be factoring in us. And that's where sometimes tough things come up and there's not an easy solution, but we're willing to have that conversation. Maybe you have noticed that you kind of hold back in your relationship. You don't fully open up with them. And the reason that you're afraid to fully open up with them and totally be yourself is because, again, you're worried that they're not going to like you. Even if you've been with that person for quite some time. And, yeah, they might feel really betrayed by it. Anybody would. I, I've been there. I've been that person that has feared being myself. And it didn't always make the relationship work out. But it, it that was because the other person, either one, did not feel safe anymore because they're like what the fuck like you've never been yourself but on a deeper level than that a lot of that was also because that was not a good person for me either 
when we are with a person that we really trust and love, yeah, they may have some feelings about that. They're probably going to have some feelings about that because, again, you've presented yourself one way and maybe you've presented yourself as a person that literally just gets along with everything they get along with, right? And you don't like a lot of the same things they do and you've hidden that from them for years or maybe not even years, but months, right? Whatever. Or you've kind of pushed yourself into things or, or you agree with stuff or you just don't speak up about things because, again, you are nervous of them not loving you. Again, what you have learned to do is most likely fear conditions. When we come into this world, some of our base emotional needs, right? We always hear about the physical needs, but we have emotional needs too and mental needs, One of those basic emotional needs that we come into this world with that every single one of us needs is to feel as if we are accepted and belong. We need that as humans. When we feel like we do not belong in those formative years, it drastically impacts our ability to feel any sense of belonging after that. Because we feel like there is something inherently wrong with us if we didn't get that. And yes, there are exceptions to that where some other people are like, no, that my, I never believed that. Uh, even people that I've heard say that, I'll be honest, when they say it, I'm like, uh, I can see a little bit something else there too with you <laughs> where you do actually believe there's something off about you. But you've learned to shut off as a way to right protect yourself. You've learned to be like, no, it's just everybody else's problem. Even that sometimes is a defense mechanism. But when we don't get that sense of belonging, we constantly are just in that state of mind of everything about us is conditional. And if somebody sees anything that disrupts harmony or challenges homeostasis, right, even at the expense of our own happiness and well-being and and truth, right? We fear letting that truth through. We fear having the conflict or having the moment because, again, there is that fear that we are conditional or that we do not get to be accepted because there's this inherent belief underneath everything that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy, right? Or whatever variation of that it is. There's usually something around any of those. It's that fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of not being good enough, or fear of being seen as inherently bad or wrong or whatever. It still all comes from the same place of where we learned that things were conditional, that love was conditional, that acceptance and belonging were conditional, and now we don't trust it. We don't trust that anybody or or at least the people that we really want to love us, we don't trust that they will. So how do we work through that, right? How do we work through that? Because it's not exactly a fun way to live. Trust me, I know personally because I've been there. And most of my clients, actually every single one of my clients, we're not even going to say most of them, every single one of my clients to some degree has dealt with this. And even if they have, let's say, worked through quite a bit of sexual shame issues, 
there may be, you know, maybe they are very comfortable with sex. But this is also where I will notice clients, and I've done it myself, where, okay, yeah, you're comfortable with sex, right? We're, we're not turning it off and we can have orgasms and all the things. But maybe you use sex as also a way to be accepted, to be loved. Because maybe, again, you're doing that thinking that if you just keep giving of yourself in that way, you will get the love, you will get the acceptance because there's a deeper, more vulnerable part of you that there is a fear around sharing because, again, there's that fear that there's something wrong with you. There's something bad about you. And the truth of the matter is, again, there's nothing fucking wrong with you. Yes, there may be things to heal. Yes, you may have done shit things in the past or made mistakes or bad decisions. We all do. Congratulations, you're a human having a human experience. But when we don't see that we can still be loved, not in spite of, but just because we get to be loved. Um, that's, and I'm saying the in spite of thing because that's something I also see people saying like, oh, you get to be loved in spite of these things. I hate that shit. I hate it in all circumstances. I especially hate it when there's something that's not even wrong with us. <laughs> there's not even something that's that's wrong with us at all and yet we hear shit like that like um, a big thing that I hear people saying like if my kid turns out to be gay I'll love them no matter what as if like that that gayness right or or if they're trans or whatever that part of them is something that has to be learned to accept it no the fuck it doesn't it's your kid. You love your kid. <laughs> when I look at my kid, they're a chaotic human being. <laughs> I, I love the hell out of them. And there are also things about them that I'm like, eh, don't love that. Because fun fact, as a parent, <laughs> doesn't mean you also have to love every single aspect of your child in their personality. That's okay. There are times where... <laughs> our kids get on our nerves our kids annoy us or our kids do things in ways that frustrate us and they're still our children and we don't judge them for it and we don't withhold love but things like them being gay or trans or or you know what they choose to do with their life right we don't judge them for that because those are things that are just part of them they are part of them and they are not things to be quote unquote accepted or loved no matter what. They are things to just love. That's it. That's all. But we have learned, many of us, that there are exceptions or things that can be quote unquote tolerated or accepted in spite of or no matter, right? Or regardless of, right? I hate that shit. But again, a lot of us have grown up with that and then we don't know a difference. So how the fuck do we work on this? Because a lot of us deal with it, right? So there's two things here. Because again, going back to this idea of individual versus community. A lot of us, especially in Western culture, have learned to become very individualistic. And think of ourselves as being indiv- like 
needing to prioritize the individual. In the wellness and spiritual world, there is so much conversation. It is rife with messages about prioritize you no matter what. And yes, prioritize yourself. But again, community gets to be in there. Heal for yourself and understand where there are things that you need to take on for yourself, but also understand where there are things that can be done in community. This is, again, why having support is so important. Even sometimes if that is hiring somebody, right, while you also work on the things and then you incorporate the partner in if there's a partner there or get into community spaces. We need that. We thrive in it. And there's a lot that can be learned from that. One of the things that my, um, my ex-fiance would always talk about that I, I hard, wholeheartedly disagreed with, and I saw it as a defense mechanism, and I see a lot of people doing this, where he was very reliant on life needing to be and look a certain way, needing to keep a routine a very specific way, and nothing could disrupt that. Otherwise, it threw him completely off. And that was how he lived. And he thought that was, that was perfect. That was better. And I hated it. Because what I, my feeling on that was like, so you are reliant on having no external factors, nothing getting in the way, right? You're not okay with life happening because guess what? Life happens, which tells me you're not actually doing as great as you think you are because he was always thinking he was just doing great when he did that no you're not because what you've essentially done is tell yourself you are only okay if you keep yourself hidden in this little bubble that does not allow for any external circumstance but that's not life right life throws things at us and guess what even even when we're doing really well with those external factors doesn't mean that life won't happen. Doesn't mean we won't get knocked on our ass or get thrown for a loop and we have to recalibrate, right? But we need both individual and community support, right? We need to work on things individually and in community. We need to heal and grow in ourselves and in community. It all works. So there's two parts to this. On an individual level, this is where we have to start challenging ourselves to get in radical self-acceptance and love of all parts of ourselves. You can want to make changes to yourself. You can absolutely want to do that. For health reasons, I have been on a journey of really, really reclaiming and actually not even reclaiming, but taking a new leaf on my physical health on top of my mental and emotional. But again, it's just due to family illness, inherited things that I have dealt with in the last couple years. And for me, yeah, I, it also caused me to gain some weight. It also caused me to have some health problems. And I wanted to work on that. But I get to also be in radical acceptance of the body that I have now, the health that I have now, even if it is not quote unquote perfect, it's mine. So we have to work on that. One of my favorite ways to do that is through the parts work, which if you've been listening for a while, you fucking know that I love parts work. Um, it's my jam. 
doing inner child work, inner healing work, and really getting into conversation with those parts of ourselves that feel like we cannot be accepted in all ways, that it's very conditional. We have to get into that conversation and start to accept those parts of us. Even if we are in a situation where maybe there's a part of us, I'm going to use myself as an example, or and a client, because <laughs> she loves when I tell people about this, because she finds it hilarious, right? Um, so for myself, I have this wounded boss in me. It's from a very specific time in my life where a lot of things were not going well. A lot of aspects, but it was I was in such a traumatized place that I was just not my best self. And pretty much every aspect of my life, I was not doing great at this part of me very much believes, we'll see, everything I learned from when I was younger, that love was conditional, that being accepted was conditional, she believes that. And this part of me is known to self-sabotage big time, especially with business stuff and money stuff. Um, that used to be in relationships, we've worked through that quite a bit. So business stuff and money stuff, there are definitely moments where it pops up. And this is where that's a reminder to myself because... Again, healing is a journey. It is not a destination. We don't finish it. As we grow, things pop up and we manage them and we deal with them and we move through. But this part of me pops up and this is where I can literally stand in front of a mirror or sit down and do parts work and I can say, I love you. I know that sometimes you like to interfere in business situations or money situations and then I make decisions that maybe aren't so empowered and it can sometimes cause stressors or money issues because I know you're also used to really having a lot of chaos in life because you grew up with a lot of chaos and chaos feels normal and natural to you and I love you not in spite of not because not regardless of, I just love you. And I see that you do it. The more that I do that for myself and the parts of myself that do these things, it lessens them. Because again, it's all a test of like, are you sure you really love me? Are you sure you really love me? Wait, you do really love me. Even if you want me to stop doing these harmful things, you still love me. Over time, that becomes more consistent. So again, there's the parts work or I will literally stand in front of a mirror and just say words of love and compassion for the parts of myself or the behaviors, the patterns or whatever that pop up that aren't necessarily things that I like or want to keep doing or perpetuating, right? Again, for my body, if there's that moment of like standing in front of the mirror, loving, right? Especially like for those of us that are over a certain age, being in my 40s, I've definitely noticed it's a little harder for me to take weight off as happens. It's normal, right? And I'm looking at my belly and I'm like, I love you. I know that you're not the size that you used to be. I know that things have changed and it's harder for you to release weight and I love you and I know that you're still here and I know that you're still functioning and you're still working for me and I'm so appreciative of that right getting into that radical self-acceptance and love can be so pivotal 
for ourselves. And it's also fucking hard because again, (laughs) it's not going to feel true because there's that part of you that's like, but no, we have to fix these things. We have to get over them. We have to work through them. That may be, but like, has it worked for you yet to try to shame yourself, to make yourself feel bad, to judge yourself, right? Has it, has that worked? No, I know it hasn't because I don't know a single person that that works for. It does not work to judge ourselves. It does not work to shame ourselves. Even if it works in the short term, trust me, shit changes always. But when we can get into that radical self-acceptance, even if we don't believe it up front, the more we do it and the more consistently we make ourselves do it, even when it feels uncomfortable as hell, it can change so much with our relationship. From there, this is where the community aspect comes in. Because this is where we need to start creating some sense of safety and trust that we can open up, that we can be ourselves and that we can still be accepted. And maybe we don't say the big thing right up front, right? Maybe we don't start off with like, I'm just going to finally dive into this and say, I have never had an orgasm with you. Or I don't talk, I actually hate the X, Y, and Z, but I do it because you love it. And I know that I've said from day one that I like that, but you know, I was lying because I wanted you to like me. Maybe we don't start there right? If that feels so terrifying that you're like, nope, I'm shutting down. I'm not doing it. But maybe you start with something small. Maybe you say, hey, I actually really like, I really would feel a lot better if before we start diving into oral sex, if you would take some longer time to kiss me, because I notice sometimes that I tell you or I act like I'm ready and I just get nervous that I'm taking too long to get ready and to get roused and turned on and it would actually help me more if we could slow down. Maybe that's where you start or maybe even something slower than that, right? Maybe it's, hey, I'm not actually a huge football fan. I know I said I was when we started dating but I just, I, th- I thought I could make myself love that. I don't hate it necessarily, or maybe I do, but like, I just wanted to have an activity that you liked that we could do together because I wanted to be able to share space with you because I really like you a lot and I wanted you to like me, right? But I don't love it so much. And Can we find something to do together other than going to football games that we both like? I'm using football because I'm not a football fan myself. And I remember years of trying to pretend like I was. I'm just not a football person. I like, uh, (laughs) I love baseball, but that's, but even that's live games, right? I don't, and I had to be really honest about stuff like that at one point because I was like, wait, I'm saying I like these things and I don't really like them. And like, and I'm even a person like I can actually go to a game and enjoy it. But like, if you want me to do that with you all the time, it's not going to (laughs) happen. It's just not going to happen. But that's where, again, like maybe you start with something small, right? You start with a small thing and then you work up because what you're trying to do is build a muscle up that it is safe for yourself to be honest 
It is safe to be loved and that love gets to be something that you enjoy. Maybe, maybe again, it's like, hey, um, I don't actually like this food. <laughs> I know I always like eat it when you buy it or I always go there, but I'm, I'm not really actually that big of a fan of it, right? Or I want this, right? <laughs> it's the uh, runaway brides moment where you test out the different types of eggs to see what type of eggs you like yourself, right? You can start off with small things to build up the muscle to get that safety, that, that sense of trust that you can actually open up and still be loved with your partner. And then as that increases, you can start sharing more and more things and get to the bigger, the deeper conversations so that it feels like, okay, this is doable because I have all of this evidence. Now, again, it doesn't mean that your partner is not going to have their feelings I mean, again, I, I don't know any partner that actually genuinely likes and loves their partner that would feel great hearing, actually, I've never, you've never given me an orgasm or I don't like anything that you like. Nobody's going to feel good about that because, I mean, especially the orgasm thing, it's going to feel like you're doing something wrong and it's not about not doing something right or wrong or doing something wrong. It's about just, again, being disconnected. But this is where there's an opportunity to open up. And a lot of that disconnect can be on the self and then also not communicating, right? And then, you know, this can also open up to, it would be really great if you would ask me questions about this. And, you know, there's more going on there. There's usually way more nuance than just, oh, you suck in bed, right? Um but again, that can be really hard to hear. So there's emotions that can come up, right? If there's unhappiness or dis-ease in the relationship, there can be emotions there. Of course there are. But when we build up the muscle a little bit by little bit, that it's safe to talk about these things. And we see evidence that, okay, the partner is accepting us and they're still loving us, right? Then that works out. But in conjunction with that, when we work on ourselves... And getting into radical self-acceptance and self-love, right? It also builds up our own sense of strength that we can do this. So let's say you do have the situation where your partner's like, well, fuck you, I'm leaving. Well, again, most of the time I've seen that happening. There was also other things there. And then afterward, if a client went through that split, when we processed it, they're like, you know what? I was not actually happy in that relationship. It was also not the relationship for me. And then they ended up starting to date again or they're dating again and they're finding much better people for them. They're finding situations where they're actually feeling the acceptance, feeling the love that they want, but with somebody else. Most of the time, that's how that works out if the relationship splits up. And then if the relationship stays together again, it actually ends up improving the relationship drastically. I've seen so many clients end up drastically improving their their relationship, drastically transforming it just from doing this work. Because again, it's about really tapping into a deeper level of intimacy and a more authentic version of it. And it's about doing the healing that is necessary to have a more 
empowered and healthy relationship. And usually when you start doing that yourself, your partner does too, again, if they're on board with you, which is great. So those are the ways that I really start to work on that with clients. And then we just keep building on that, keep going from there. If you've been listening to this and you're like, fuck, I got some work to do. (laughs) Don't feel bad, right? We've all been there. We've all been there. I've been there many times. And no, you, you get to do this work for yourself. You get to have this. You get to be loved. You get to be validated. You get to be accepted. It doesn't make you a shit person because you've been treating yourself very conditionally or been thinking of love as very conditionally. It's just what you learned and now we can do better, right? When we know better, we have the opportunity to do better. So, but if you've been listening to this and you want some help on this, I have a mini course coming up called Sacred Intimacy. It will be starting on uh, December 1st. It's a three-part course that includes a grimoire full of self-intimacy, relationship intimacy practices, resources, things to improve your relationship to your body, your sexuality, your um, relationships, all of that good stuff. So there's three calls with it. It is three calls that are two hours. Um, they're group calls and they will be recorded. So there's lifetime access. So if even if you can't make a call, You're going to get access to everything that's gone over in there. Plus, you will get access to the grimoire full of materials. There's like 60 or 70 different pieces of material in it with resources, practices, all kind of stuff. So there's stuff in there that you get to come back to over and over again. And there's also a WhatsApp group to ask questions, get additional support while the course is going on. So there's a lot there. It's 333 for the entire course with payment options available. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. The link is in the description of this podcast. Or you can sign up for my um, newsletter and just stay tuned for more tips and things coming up with that. Please share this with somebody that you think could benefit from it. And also leave me a review, leave me a comment, tell me how this resonated with you, if it landed, if you've done some of this work with yourself, tell me what the results have been, tell me if you haven't and what's coming up for you. I want to hear it all. I hope that this helps though. And again, remember you do deserve all the fucking love in the world. And just because that was conditional when you were growing up does not mean there's anything wrong with you just means that you were raised by some people that couldn't offer you better. And that's unfortunate and sucks, but you do deserve better now.